Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Front Range Focus. I'm Susan Witkin. One of the best places to visit in the Denver metro area is the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, with its long history of fascinating exhibits, both permanent and temporary. My guest today on Front Range Focus is Brian Hostetler, the Children's and Families Programs Coordinator at the DMNS. Brian, welcome to the show. Hi, Susan. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Tell us a little about your role as the Children's and Families Program Coordinator. Fantastic. Well, my role at the museum is predominantly dealing with programs that happen uh, for children, for families, also for teenagers, um, and usually outside regular museum hours, not things that you can walk in and do already at the museum, things that are already running. So I run things like classes. I run overnights. uh, We we call camp-ins, things that that go all night. You get to sleep in the museum. Um, I'm in charge of camps. So we have a camp going on right now, actually, and we have camps in the, in the spring and as well as in the summer. So that's a predominant part of my role. Sounds like a lot of fun. It is. Where do you get your inspiration for bringing new temporary exhibits to the Denver Museum of Nature and Science? Temporary exhibits are a fascinating aspect of what we do at the museum because one of the biggest things we hear from people is that the museum never changes, things are always the same, and and that's really, really not true. We have two temporary exhibits that happen every year or at a time. Uh, We probably cycle through four temporary exhibits a year on average, and that's a lot of new culture, history, and science that we help bring to the Denver, Denver metro area. Um, for instance, the inspiration for a number of these exhibits will come from from the community, not only from what things that we want to bring in or what things that we think is interesting, but what does the community think? What does the Denver metro area feel like they want to learn more about? And, and sometimes we can actually do something about that. So, for instance, an example of that we had recently was the Dead Sea Scrolls exhibit where you know we took a lot of community input on we're thinking about getting this exhibit. We talked to the, some of the major stakeholders that might have been involved in that and learned a lot about what they wanted and, and how to make that exhibit come to life for people. And you certainly did make it come to life. I loved that exhibit. I went three times. My guest today on Front Range Focus is Brian Hostetler with the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. I'm Susan Witkin. Brian, let's talk about one of the exhibits that has been in Denver for a while, but leaves in just a couple of weeks. The Cuba exhibit. How did you curate that exhibit and what are people taking away from the Cuba exhibit? The Cuba, the Cuba experience is, is fascinating in general. Just the, the political situation there and also just the natural situation, the natural world there. There's so much there that I think a lot of people don't don't know. They aren't aware that they can, uh, in some cases, go to Cuba. They aren't aware that, that there, are, um, there are avenues to learn more about that fascinating culture. And their isolation, in a lot of ways, has bred things that, that people might not be aware of. So the creativity of the people that are there is, has been fascinating to learn about. Um, when we got this exhibit, we actually don't have very many Cuban collections in our 
our normal stores already. Um, and so we really had to focus on the things that bring Cuba to life. So for instance, we have live music presentations happening in there. Um, check our website at dmns.org for information around those. But we have musical selections. We have the ability for kids to come in and play um, play instruments to Cuban music. Um, they have the opportunity to dance on a little modified dance floor. They can come in and, and do things like uh, Cuban dominoes. We've had some um, special events lately where we've been able to bring in some Cuban coffee, uh, which is all parts of that culture that are um, fascinating and that not everyone knows about already. Were you able to bring in some of the artifacts that the island nation has? We we do. There are there are aspects of the uh, there are aspects of the exhibit that do bring in actual pieces of um, pieces of Cuban history, um, but you know there there aren't too many of those um, there aren't too many of those available really, and so we did have that ability to bring in things like we also brought in live animals. We brought in. Hmm. Um, we have some anoles that are, you know, traditionally from Cuba, um, and a ton of different programming that we've done. So it's a good exhibit. Did your team work with anyone from Cuba to get this exhibit together? So we actually worked with uh, the museum, the American Museum of Natural History, um, who helped curate the main part of that exhibit. So a lot of that comes from them, and a lot of the, the content has come from that group. And we've been able to communicate with the Cuban community here in Denver, which is not, not huge, but is mighty. Um, and we've been able to do interviews and bring in personal stories of Cuban Americans that, that are living in this area. And a lot of those are actually in the exhibit. So those are things that, that we added um, that we added in person in there. Brian Hostetler is my guest today on Front Range Focus. He is the Children's and Families Programs Coordinator for the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. I'm Susan Witkin. Brian, coming to the museum later this year is an exhibit about Leonardo da Vinci. Da Vinci is one of the most fascinating people I personally have ever learned about. What was the genesis behind bringing the da Vinci exhibit to Denver? So the, the Da Vinci exhibit, there are actually a number of Da Vinci exhibits that have that have been here over the past few years, but I don't think any of them brings together this many this many recreations of things that Da Vinci did and this much information, this much hands on stuff about Da Vinci. So it's one of those Da Vinci, as you know, it's fascinating. He he does he's done too many things. He was <laughs> really know, if you could do too many things in your life, he's the guy who has done he's that. He's the guy. He is literally a Renaissance man. He's, we're coming up on the five hundred anniversary of his death, and that's part of the reason that we wanted to bring this exhibit into Denver. Um, we have, you know, we have things that, that he has done from inventing to artist, to artistry, to different aspects of science, anatomy, engineering, architecture, sculpting, and philosophy, and that's that's too much. You can't do that with one exhibit. You know, <laughs> our, our head's going to explode, but we've tried to do all we can to bring in some of the, the aspects of his genius that... Um, that link all of those pieces, like his ability to think outside the box and his ability to take what other people might have done and improve upon them is a really important aspect of Da Vinci. So how did you curate this exhibit? Are you gathering some of his sculptures, his paintings, his writings, which, by the way, I know he did a lot of his notation backwards. So you actually need a mirror to decipher, to read his notes. 
Absolutely. It's, it's fascinating. And, and the reasons behind that have been speculated about for some time. Um, my vote is that the reason he wrote backwards was actually so he wouldn't drag his, um, his sleeve in the ink that he was putting down. Um, it's the curse of being left-handed in the, uh, in the 14, 1400s. So hmm. he had to write backwards. Otherwise, I think he would have drug his sleeve through all of his ink. Um, but it is fascinating. There's writing, his writings are all over this exhibit. We have you know, beautiful graphics of his writings. There's uh, a number of replicas of his codices in the exhibit, so five or six of those that are available to view. And you can see, you know, in some cases, it's shocking how small they were. They're just little tiny notebooks. But the ideas in them are, are incredible. Um, you also get an idea of how scattered he was, which is a really fascinating aspect. <laughs> He's done so many things because he did so many things. Well, some people don't realize that he really came up with the idea of a helicopter, munitions, mm-hmm. um, besides, of course, his sculpting and his, and his paintings and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so will we see all of that? Yes, yes. The fascinating part about this is that he, we've built out in this exhibit a number of the things that he drew. So some of the stuff that he did was were just doodles, were just random ideas that he had, but we actually have the ability to build them out and take a look at what they would have looked like had they been built. Um, in some cases, they would have worked. In some cases, they wouldn't have, but he didn't have the chance to build them out um, in many cases. So the helicopter is one great example. We have a, a full-size replica of of what that would have looked like had it been built out. Also, the idea of the ideas as varied as parachutes and scuba gear and the ability to walk on water with these ski-like devices and life buoys and early study of anatomy and all of these different things that he did in addition to being one of the greatest painters that's ever existed. Is the Denver Museum of Nature and Science one of the, a stop on a Da Vinci tour, if you will, or are you curating this entire exhibit from other places around the world and this is the only place that it's showing? I wish the second was true, but unfortunately it is, it is the first one. It is we are, so the Denver Museum of Nature and Science is bringing this exhibit in from a group called Grande Exhibitions, and they have built out this exhibit um, and it's actually an amalgamation of three separate exhibits that they do. Um, we have our inventions. We have the um, uh, whole section on the Mona Lisa, which is pretty fascinating if, if that's, your, that's your bag. And then we have another section of multimedia presentation that uh, is just, just beautiful. So it, it's a combination of three smaller exhibits that we've brought in to make one really big one. Um, the great thing about the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, though, is that we always add something. So I was on the team for a while that helped come up with these additions or enhancements to the exhibit. In our case of the DMNS, we've added um, the ability to load and fire your own Da Vinci catapult, um, which you can try as many times as you need to to try to knock down some walls. We've got... Um, a whole exhibit about forced perspective where you get to create your own piece of art while you're in the exhibit that you get to walk out with. And we've also built out a two-scale bridge, uh, Da Vinci um, bridge that you can build out while you're at the exhibit. Uh, and those are just enhancements that we've added here at Denver that you can't find anywhere else. That'll be so much fun to go to. When does the Da Vinci exhibit start and end? So the Da Vinci exhibit begins on March 1st, 2019, and it will end on August 25th. 
Brian Hostetler is the Children's and Families Programs Coordinator for the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. He is my guest today on Front Range Focus. I'm Susan Whitkin. I know you and your team always work far in advance. So after Leonardo da Vinci, what's the next big exhibit coming to the DMNS? So coming soon after Leonardo da Vinci, actually starting in mid-April, is an exhibit called Our Senses. Uh, And the senses are actually something you don't think about very often. They just kind of work. You just hear things. You just see things. You just feel things. But the science behind how we engage with our world is fascinating. And also how other animals engage with the world. Um, And plants, how, how plants engage with the world. These are all things that relate back to the term senses. Everyone knows the five main ones. You know, we talk a lot about taste and touch and smell and, um, uh, you know, all of sight and those. But proprioception, you know, there are senses that we don't even talk about when, when you're a kindergartner that you don't learn in kindergarten that you learn about in this exhibit. And it's pretty fascinating. So you should definitely come and check that one out. I will indeed. The Denver Museum of Nature and Science has a mission to be a catalyst and ignite the community's passion for nature and science. So our senses really captures that. What about your junior surgeon's workshop? Tell us about that. So workshops, this is right in my wheelhouse now. So surgeons are de- or the junior surgeons program is, is a opportunity for kids to come in and get to do some dissections that they wouldn't normally get to do. It's a good chance for them to come in and learn about anatomy. And we reference it back to human anatomy, but we aren't going to be dissecting any human anatomy in this workshop. We're going to be doing um, hearts and lungs, and we dissect um, other different different little animals um, that tell us a little bit more about how our bodies work. Uh, it's a really great opportunity to learn more about the human body through the dissections of animals. Let's talk a little bit about the rest of 2019. What else are you bringing and that you're looking forward to hosting at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science? So we're going to be looking at a number of different activities and programs that we are coming that we have coming up. We're very excited about 2019. I'm excited about starting up some scout programs, actually. I'm thinking about starting up some badge programs for Girl Scouts um, to help Girl Scouts get some of those hard-to-find badges. I'm also looking at, with great anticipation, our uh, overnight programs. So we do have a big spring overnight coming up pretty soon. We have an overnight again in the fall. Those programs, you know, they don't always sell out, but they, they sell pretty well. And I, I think that if you haven't gotten a chance to spend the night at the museum, this is your opportunity. It's a, it's a really great time to come in and learn a little bit more about what we do, but also get to feel comfortable in the museum, take the entire night to, you know, sleep under the, not the stars, but under the exhibits. It's a really good way to be. That would be so much fun, a night at the museum. Oh, mm. isn't there a movie about that? There might be. I don't know. The Denver Museum of Nature and Science. What a great place to go. You can find out more at dmns.org. Brian, it has been a pleasure having you on Front Range Focus. Thank you for your time. Thank you for the call. Brian Hostetler is the Children's and Families Programs Coordinator for the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. This is Front Range Focus. I'm Susan Whitkin. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.